Hey, everybody. Mark Ahrensberg here with The Pure Now Show. This is episode number 27. My guest today is Tony Zagorios. Tony is a motion designer, creative director, and animator from Greece. He is the founder of Yeti Pictures. He's a very animated guy and was a lot of fun to talk to. Here we go. Hey, Tony. How you doing, man? Hello. Nice. Everything's going great. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the Pure Now Show. We're super excited to have you on. Look forward to hearing what you got going on with your creative journey. So you're in Athens, Greece, correct? Yep, in Athens, Greece. What is going on in Athens, Greece right now? Uh, Athens, Greece is fine. You know, the last years we had a few problems, specifically with, uh, you know, the economic situation here in Greece was not very cool. From 2010, things were really tough. Uh, for the whole business and the market and you know we tried a lot uh, we survived finally but you know as the whole world right now we're facing a lot of problems you know regarding the war near to Greece Ukraine and of course with uh, with the pandemic you know disease and everything else but, you know, we're struggling but everything is going great you know I'm optimistic with all the things you know that happens around us and that's interesting we should touch on how that has affected you personally and professionally it'd be interesting to know mm. how both COVID and the insane stuff going on in the Ukraine is affecting Greece and your life personally. Yeah, uh, let's start with the with, with the pandemic. When it first happened, you know, we were very afraid that it will affect our work, our uh, you know situation, our economic situation here. But what happened, uh, especially here in Greece, and I will tell you also what happened for Yeti about uh, working with uh, clients from abroad, because the, most of the production studios here and the clients were not able to go in a live shoot. They turned their production more into 2D, 3D animation, which means. We had more work in the pandemic, clients were not able to do live action shooting. So they were turning all of their production and all of the concepts into 2D, 3D or something similar that had to do with post-production. So that was good for us. I mean, we tried to, uh, let's say, take advantage of that situation and bring more uh, production into the, into the studio. And also what happened, uh, because we are working a lot with uh, clients from abroad, you know, Greece is not our main market here okay because the motion design here in the 3d animation it's not so famous okay uh it has done some baby steps but not so great in in terms of progress so most of the studios outside you know let's say united states uh, they were starting to work remotely so their employees starting to work remotely from their homes and their office and at that moment they needed extra uh, people to help so that was also an opportunity for us to start working with, you know, agencies or productions all around the world. And now people, production agencies, they don't have a problem whether, where are you based, you know. It's just if you're doing the work and the work is cool, it's great, that's fine. So from that aspect, Pandemic also gave us another opportunity to work with a lot of studios outside of Greece and, uh, you know, being a part of, you know, great productions and really nice videos like titles or uh, commercial videos and that was also another opportunity for us you know a, a bigger need for remote studios or remote freelancers so we took advantage of the pandemic you know it's it doesn't sound too good i know too cool but it worked for us i mean it almost doubled our production in yeti now about war in ukraine i'm trying not to say if 
things about what happens here. So I'm, I'm not the expert to express an opinion, but I'm pretty sure the, the war in Ukraine will affect economically for sure Greece and all the countries near to Ukraine. So for now, we haven't seen the actual problem happening in the economy in Greece. I'm pretty sure when the war will stop, hopefully soon, we will be able to see how this will affect the economies around Ukraine and especially Greece. But we are lucky enough to not working a lot with Greece at the moment, you know, especially the last two years, uh, we're not working too much with Greece. Like 80% comes from clients abroad and 20% from, uh, from Greece at the moment. So it's basically your home base. Yeah. And uh, you talk about taking advantage of the opportunities presented by mm -hmm. the pandemic and COVID. I mean, that's not a negative thing. I mean, it yeah. has changed the world and it has opened new doors and it definitely has accelerated the production of digital content, yep. which is fantastic for shops like Yeti in order to be more available globally. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's cool that you've actually been able to increase your workload in times when not everybody was able to take advantage, but that's kind of what crisis does is it, it yep. reveals everything, both uh, positive and negative. But that's pretty much over for you now there. And I would imagine you have a larger stable of clients now and mm -hmm. you've been able to expand how the world sees you in Greece. And maybe that even helps Greece in its viability for other businesses to work remotely, globally, yeah. in a time when they would not have that accessibility normally. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. I hope so, you know, I'm trying to be, as I said before, you know, optimistic about how things will go. Our area, you know, motion design and 2D and 3D, it's great working remotely, you know, it's, it's just a service, you know. And from the moment you're able to work from far away from the, the base that the production of the agency will be, you know, it's not a problem. It's all about the service. If you offer a high quality service, it doesn't matter. And if you are precise with the timing of the deadlines, which is also very important when you're working abroad with clients because you have the time difference. This is also very important, you know. And from us, which we are based in Greece and we're working with United States where we have nine hours on 10 hours difference, we have to be very precise and very accurate on how we will schedule our timetable and our working hours. So from the moment you're delivering the best work you can and you are accurate with your timetable and deadline, why clients won't give you the work? You know, it's all about the result at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think that the, the clients are becoming more accustomed to working this way anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, it's normal, it's a natural way of working. And I think clients are getting more value in many ways by not having to deal with expensive shops locally. They're finding uh, more value in uh, the quantity of work that they're getting for a certain amount and they're not needing to sacrifice quality and they're getting a much bigger variety of talent that's available globally yep. instead of these little niche design and boutique agency markets that they've been kind of stuck in, mm -hmm. in having to use. So I think overall, it's probably in the long run for everybody going to be advantageous that things have shifted in how we do business together and uh, what those results look like. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about Yeti. Tell me how that yep. started. Do you want to tell you only about Yeti? Because I'm, I'm like 12 years in the industry right now. I, I will tell you something that I'm pretty sure not people are aware of, you know, they don't know about me. Mostly I'm a self-taught artist or you know motion designer creative director or anything that i can do at uh, at the moment so 
I think I started motion design when I was 26 or 27 years old. And I was a little bit old because I see a lot of people they are starting like now, but 20, 21, or maybe 19, and they're pretty awesome, talented guys, you know. Back then, like 12 years, because I'm 41 right now, uh, back then, like 12 years ago, there was no internet tutorial sources, nothing, you know, just some books <laughs> and a very slow internet speed. So I had that child back then. I became a father very early, and I was a sales representative in one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies, which was totally relevant with, uh, with design and animation, okay? But I always, you know, I was always pretty close to uh, artistic things because, you know, I was playing guitar, I was drawing, you know, I was pretty close. And uh, there was one day in the early steps of, the, of YouTube, I saw a video, I think it was a video from uh, Christopher Hewitt and Rob Chu. They had a studio back then that was called Distract, I think. And I saw a short film that they did. I can't recall right now the, how it was, well, what was the name, but it was pretty cool. You know, a little bit of After Effects and a few uh, things in 3D, not like the 3D we see today. And I just said to myself, you know, this is something that you know, I would love to do. And then I started with After Effects trying to, I bought some books and stuff. And then I was starting to do a few jobs. But at the same time, I had my daily work you know just because I had to pay the bills to support my family basically and there was a moment that I did one or two projects that uh, helped me to be included in the Vimeo stuff picks and gain some exposure back then when Vimeo was a, a great tool uh, to be on a platform so I had two Vimeo stuff picks and took some publications for my work and that helped me a lot to start, you know, establishing my name first here in Greece and second abroad. And then I took more work, more work and some project got awarded. And then there was a moment that I said, you know, now I'm able to stop my daily work, which I hate and move on to something that I really love. So I took like three or four years of freelancing and then I was starting to love working with people in teams. And at 2015, I started to uh, create my first studio was called Yell back in 2015 before Yeti. That was the, the Yell studio, pretty close the names. So Yell was a cool team, you know. Uh, we had a few projects that turned out really cool and uh, we gained some exposure back then. And as with all the studios happened, a studio that I had with a partner back then, Costas, but, you know, people are changing, things are changing. So we have some, you know, artistic difference back then. So we decided I have to leave Yelp and uh, Yelp stopped to exist. So I left from Yelp with my partner back then, Thanos, also known now as Motion Punk Thanos. And uh, we started Yeti with, uh, with Thanos, you know, like, like a duo. And uh, we started Yeti in 2018 and we're starting to grow and doing some cool personal projects, taking some commercial works and stuff like that. And at 2020, like two years ago, Thanos and me decided to not be together. So Thanos took his own freelance journey. And I decided, you know, to keep Yeti, of course, and move on and try to grow Yeti and, you know, bring more people uh, because 
back then when Yeti started, it was me and Thanos and one or two guys that were helping us in the, in the studio. So I decided, you know, I love having people working with and bigger teams because I can take bigger projects. I have more people to work with, more ideas, more brainstorming and stuff like that. You know, I, I really love that process. So from two years ago when Thanos left, I grew up the team like we are like seven people right now. And um, yet it's growing where we started working with a client from abroad, you know. Uh, we have worked with Elastic when Thanos was also in Yeti. We worked with Elastic after Thanos left. We worked with Framestore. Um, we worked with Attack Plan and uh, with some other productions. We're working now with, uh, you know, Anchor Point based in US and a lot of, you know, studios and agencies. And we're trying to expand our portfolio and our artistic vision mainly. So this is where Yeti is at the moment. You know, it's like a team of seven people trying to do a lot of stuff. We're trying to have a diversity. This is what I believe is the, is the key, not for success, but the key for staying alive, you know, really enjoying what you do, you know. A lot of studios have their own style, which appreciate that, you know, and 100% with that, you know, I agree. But for me, when I'm getting bored doing one style. So I'm trying to do a lot of different styles and different stuff. You know, I, I don't know at the end of the day if it's cool or not, because, you know, clients, they're not getting familiar with you with one specific style but you have diversity. But, you know, I'm trying to boost um, Yeti in uh, an artistic style and a technical style at the moment so we can get more exciting projects and more challenges in the future, you know. So this is where is Yeti at the moment. You're listening to The Pure Now Show, a creative podcast for creatives presented by Balance. That sounds good. So what are you doing specifically to change or diversify what it is that you offer? How are you changing your look? How are you changing technologically to constantly be developing what you do and keep it exciting for you? About, you know, technology and tools, to be honest, it's very hard, it's very tough to keep up with uh, how things are moving on, you know? Because when you're in a studio and you have a lot of commercial works, which some are cool works, some are works just to pay the bills, it's pretty tough for you and the, and the guys in the team to keep up with everything that is updating day by day, okay? Because you have one project or two projects or three projects that can last for two or three months and you're getting exhausted. So it, that one is kind of difficult, you know? So you have to study, let's say, a lot of people are getting into Houdini right now and other, you know, excellent tools like Houdini, Unreal and everything else. So we're trying, when we have some spare or free time, to study okay so we're studying even if we have two hours free in the studio we're trying to study we're trying to do personal projects and this is what we are aiming to do you know in order to have an evolution in our style so we are studying a specific technique in order to get aware of what we can do with with that technique and we're studying different styles mainly what I was doing from the moment I started, you know, I'm trying not to be inspired from motion design pieces, you know, I'm trying to be inspired from real life situations or from other stuffs that from a first look, they don't have a relativity with motion design, you know, you see something and I don't know what it is. I mean, we uh, published yesterday a project that is called Brutalism and uh, we were inspired by the architecture that happened, you know, after the, um, the Second War, um, especially in the Balkan countries, you know, and the Soviet countries. So it was called, you know, the brutalism architecture. And we have the idea of, you know, how we can 
blend that brutalism architecture and these buildings with technology and we're starting to brainstorm at what tools we can use and what software we can use so we started to come up with an idea that it doesn't have to do with an animation and motion designs we didn't see a specific piece or inspiration you know we'd like the brutalism architecture we like technology buttons and uh, you know uh, lights and everything else and we said let's do a combination of these things you know and create something new i mean basically there's nothing new happening you know everything is a, is a copy but we're trying to get inspired from technology and brutalism architecture in order to build something good you know so we're trying to study whenever we have time in, in new tools and we're trying to get inspired from different aspects of our daily life in order to create something that is not exactly the same with with the previous sometimes we have let's say inspiration sometimes not so we're trying also to create some videos that they have potential to attract some clients okay they're not crazy projects like the brutalism that i said you know but some projects that now that looks cool maybe if we do that it's like let's say we can do a video like the microsoft look and style that most studios are doing right now okay let's do something like that maybe we can attract some clients this is also another option that sometimes we are starting in order for or to do or to create personal projects yeah but i would say like studying when we have free time and try to experiment in order to come up with new ideas or at least you know interesting ideas from everyday life so are you guys back working together in a studio or are you all still working remotely we are working in the studio we are not working remotely because most of the projects that we have there it's like huge there are huge files you know you know like gigabyte or at the end there are like 500 gigabyte projects so it's very very difficult for me to work with a team that is remote especially i i mean you know my team yeti team it's it's very difficult i mean from time to time when there was a a, a guy in the team that has covid we had to split and work from the office or like when we have the season with a lot of snow here in greece which is I know it sounds crazy, you know, you expect Greece with sun and the islands, you know, this is how you have Greece in your mind, but the last two years we have a lot of periods with uh, with snow and we're not able to get outside the home. So I tried to do that, but uh what I saw it's not only about the files, you know, sharing the files, you know. You can you can come with a solution, you can come up with a solution and that. I think you lose the spirit of the team. It's not very, you know, I'm I'm a guy who who really likes to, you know, come up with a team, you know, um brainstorming, you know, laughing, you know, and doing all that stuff. I like to be with people together. And when I have my team in front of a computer into a Zoom or a Slack, you know, I can help, I can support the team, I can work with the team, but it doesn't work for me. I mean, I think I'm not able to manage the project or the idea it feels not so natural to me so we have done that a few uh periods that we're not able to go in the office it worked but it was not my best season it was my my best period back then so i told the guys you no know, if someone is sick or if someone has problem he can work or she can work remotely but i prefer from the moment we can do that i prefer the team to be on a specific place okay because we are a team it's not like a client that gives us the work and he's far away as we said before you know it's the team and from the moment the team should be consistent in one place and everything should be in one place beyond the files you know 
uh, it, it's pretty risky to having all the people working from their homes, you know, in, in projects like, for me, you know, like projects that Yeti is doing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you can't replace human interaction. I mean, yeah. it's nice to have tools, it's nice to be able to do things differently when necessary, but there's nothing like being in front of someone, collaborating, putting your heads together, feeling and seeing each other. We'll never be able to replace that, it's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Now that you're back to normal, you're back in the shop working together, I want to find out more about how you manage the process, dealing with clients, dealing with workflow, dealing with timelines. These are all complex issues. It's not just about mm. doing the work. There's a lot of supportive work that has to be done to make sure that everything goes as smoothly as possible. What kind of a strategy do you have as far as working with your clients and keeping things in order? No, that's the, the 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 biggest question I think. You know, it's it, it's the thing. You know, to be honest, you know, I'm trying to find a strategy, but from time to time, I'm trying to study a few things. You know, I'm I'm stopping and try to see what happened in the Yeti for 2021. Okay, what should I do for 2022? And to be honest, it's very difficult for me. Not because I can't do that, but because mainly I started as an artist and now that I'm running Yeti the difficult balance for me is like having the artistic side and having also the business side of Tony at the same moment you know because beyond the artistic side of me I have to handle the projects I have to come up with the budgets with the timetables you know I have to manage the team to be sure that client will be happy to be sure that we will deliver on time. So that one is always a difficult balance that I'm trying to find all these years, you know, and because I don't want to lose my artistic approach. I, I want to be in the project, you know, so I'm always opening, I'm trying to light or texturing, I'm trying to do post-production and stuff like that, you know, I'm trying to do that. But what I have seen, I would say like a strategy for Yeti, is sometimes, as you said, you, you have to take projects that pay the bills. But what I'm trying to do for Yeti, and at the moment is working, is like less projects with bigger budgets. So I'm not trying to bring in a month like six or seven projects with, with a low budget, you know, because I'm pretty sure that will stress the team that will make everything feel not so good for Yeti. You know, it's like it will be exceeding working hours. People will work till late. And I don't like to do that, you know, at the end of the day. So what I'm trying to do is like, I'm trying to find maximum, I would say like three or four projects per month with a decent or with a good budget, okay? So we can produce work that includes quality and work that help us establish and style, okay? And that means a lot for me, you know. Of course, we will do a few projects that at the end of the day, maybe we won't be very proud, but we are trying to do our best. So this is what I'm trying to have as a main goal, you know, not a great amount of projects, but an amount of projects that Yeti will be able to handle, deliver quality. And at the end of the day, I will be able to have a specific, you know, a strategy on that one. You're listening to The Pure Now Show, a creative podcast for creatives presented by Balance. Let's talk more about some of your, let's say, successes and failures. Every client is a challenge in a different way. Every project is a challenge in a different way. Let's talk about a project that maybe didn't go so well, although you may have learned something from it in the end. 
it definitely presented a lot of challenges that you were not prepared for. What did that look like for you as far as maybe a growing tool? There was a project that happened uh, you know, the last month, which started as a great project from one of the biggest clients worldwide. And uh, it started very cool with, uh, we did some great style frames, but as the project was uh, evolving and moving forward, we faced a few problems when, you know, clients started to do some changes and client wanted a specific look. So even though we have worked like two months for style frames and that direction, the result when client was finally get into these frames was not very, very cool. You know, we weren't so proud of, of the result. Okay. And uh, what happened next beyond the artistic side is client put a lot of extra uh, deliverables and, and a lot of extra requests and uh, yet he had to handle three times or four times the final deliverables that initially was supposed to deliver even though you know there were some specific agreements you know I, I was trying this is a difficult thing you know I was trying to find the balance because I want to keep the relationship with the client okay so this is always a tough point a very um thin point that you have to handle because when they're asking for more and they're asking like two or three times you have to handle them in a way that you won't sacrifice your I don't know, the team or, or you know, you don't have to work 24-7 but since the client is big it's huge and since the client is the first time you are working with okay, this is always a difficult balance, so on our side, technical side, okay, because I saw that if we have done a few things in our pipeline and workflow different, we would have the ability at the end to make all these changes and all the extra deliverables that the client asked very fast. Because we started with a specific technique and we said, you know, like, okay, we will deliver these videos, that's fine. We have in the back of our mind, maybe they will ask for changes, but we said, you know, we haven't agreed for something like that. So we will do that with our way, you know, with a fast way, let's say, okay. But they asked and they asked a lot. So we decided with the team from the moment we faced that problem in the next project, we will settle up from the start of the project or from the moment that we'll start the production to set up a pipeline, a workflow that will be flexible, efficient, and we won't face any problem even if the client asks you know for like two or three times the deliverables you know just to be sure we will have a flexible technical workflow that we can change things you know very fast we can render very fast and uh we can you know at least meet the expectations of the client at a logical point you know uh, at least if he asks something that exceeds the deliverables okay so that was mainly a technical knowledge and a technical experience that we took from that project, you know, trying to set up things more wisely and having also in the back of your mind, accordingly to the project that you have that, mm, yeah, let's do it like that because client at the end of the day, maybe he will ask for, let's say, two or three versions with different colors or with uh, different backgrounds or anything else that they, they can ask, you know, okay, let's build that from the start in a way that will be flexible rather than having problems when the client will ask it. Because clients are clients, you know, they can ask everything they want since they are paying. And if they are huge and if they are big clients, you know, you have to be very clever and smart if you want to keep them happy and, you know, be sure that they will come again for you. It's always a tough balance, you know. So 
this is what we tried. You know, we took some experience regarding the, the technical side of Yeti and how we set up projects. And uh, from my side, you know, I took some experience on how to handle some difficult situations with a big client and try to bring a balance. You know, we can do that, but from project to project and from client to client is always a total different thing. I mean, you can set up a strategy with a client, but that strategy you're not sure that will be applied to the next client because they are different people, they have different uh, culture as a company, they have different vision, different targets, uh, everything, you know, it's, it's not something like, you can take that and use it like a manual for how to handle clients, but there isn't, you know, it's, uh, it's client, it's very, very different. Well, and that reminds me, a friend of mine told me, you cannot strategize relationships like you can strategize business, but when you're working with multiple clients, yep. it's like working with a partner who has multiple personalities, which is everybody. Mm. So you can only do the best you can in the moment with the information that you have and you hope, and I would imagine that at some point you'll be able to leverage that experience in another challenge that you'll face that has you know similar properties. Uh, and it's also just good to know that yeah. you have increased your knowledge base and that uh, can accommodate people in a different way. Exactly. All right, so now, Tony, let's hear the opposite. An amazing project, unexpected, really fantastic outcome, and just a, a wonderful experience. Okay, I think one of the, uh, of the cool projects that we have done, it was uh, like one year ago. It was the idence about Mega TV. It's, it's like the biggest TV station in Greece. Here in Greece, there are like five big TV stations, okay? And Yeti, until then, it has done two uh, brand identities and identities for the, the two of them. So we had done two of the five, and now the third biggest came to, to Yeti in order to done their brand identity and identity, which was called the, um, the Mega TV. We have done for Alpha TV and Sky TV, and now was Mega, which was the third biggest TV station. And they told us, you know, guys, we know your work, we love your work. So we have that logo. It's not the best one, in my opinion, you know, it's like four letters and uh, take that one and do whatever you want which is you know it's cool you know, sometimes when you have an open brief like that is it's awesome but sometimes it can be very tricky because it's like you're blocking if you have nothing from the client no brief no script it's like okay I can do all the things and sometimes you have 1000 ideas and you're you know searching and having reference and at the end of the day you have an open brief but it's like two days or three days after and you have 1000 ideas but you don't know what to do they sent us the logo and they told us you know you can do whatever you want with uh, with the logo but we want the logo to be the hero we don't want any other environments and things to happen, you know, okay? Make the logo as a hero. So this is the moment where I stopped and for a while and think, you know, how we can make the, the logo to be a hero. So because we don't do character animation or things like that, I put aside the idea that logo is a character because these ideas would be placed in the morning, in the afternoon, in the noon, you know? I said, look, let's suppose that the logo is a living organism that, you know, it's inside the the TV and let's give some textures and ideas so the whole idea was you know I was trying to come up with how this mega logo will be alive very vibrant have some life into it and be also very organic so it starts 
in an abstract way, we see that, and then it, it comes into its final place where it's, you know, like a solid uh, piece of geometry. So we have to come up with different ideas, like, you know, spheres. We love spheres <laughs> in the motion design. Uh, spheres, liquids, paints, flowers, and all that crazy stuff that, you know, we come up with. And the client was cool because when, when, when they show some early sketches and rough sketches, they, they told us, you know, they're really cool, you know, guys, you know, move on. So most of the process, it was like a, a brainstorming between Yeti and the client and uh, also the agency. It was a fun project. To be honest, it lasts a little bit longer than I would like to. TV stations they are good, but they have a lot of inner feedback and a lot of people that are getting involved with the feedback. So maybe it will start from the first floor and it will go until the fifth floor to have all the feedback from the various people inside the, the TV station, okay? So that was the only, let's say, you know, negative for the project. But beyond that, it was a really nice project. We did a lot of R&D, you know, that was a project that helped us learn new stuff. And uh, at the end of the day, I'm happy because it was a difficult task, you know, just having a log and play without, without having nothing else, you know, just a neutral color background. And it was difficult for us to handle and, you know, I'm, I'm really proud for the team that we managed to take a logo and create something cool from that. In the hard disk on the office, I have like 2,000 different R&Ds and videos that we did and we were playing, you know. At the start, it's always cool because like you're playing, you know, you have something cool and you're playing like a kid, you know doing R&D, simulations, lighting, texture, and everything else, you know. But there's a moment that, okay, let's stop playing and see what works and what doesn't work for the client and for the logo itself. But, you know, the process was really cool. And at the end, you know, we were really proud about the result. You're listening to The Pure Now Show, a creative podcast for creatives presented by Balance. Okay, so let's move on to now. You've talked about how you manage the work thing and how you've come to this certain point. How do you get that with your personal life so that all works together? Not that they're separate, life is life, but you do have to, as mm. you use the word many times, balance. How do you make that work at home with your family and still be able to give everybody the time they need so everybody can be happy, including and especially you? What I always believe, you know, it's like quality versus quantity because I'm not able to give quantity in my you know personal life i'm trying to give quality you know so if i have like two or three hours staying you know with uh, with my family i'm trying to be focused on them you know it's not like being a whole day with them you know i could stay in, in a home for a whole day and you know just sitting in the computer and doing nothing with them but if i have on like two or three hours you know i'm, I'm trying to find ways give quality to these hours you know getting outside to have a dinner with my family or you know going to the cinema or in a, in, in vacations with uh, with my daughter and my and my wife you know i'm trying to give some quality time you know it's to be honest the first years when i started because as i said you know i switched from another work to another which was completely relevant you know I had to move on with a great speed, you know, very fast, you know, and uh, I would say the first eight years was not very balanced, you know, I mean, I mean, I was working uh, summer, I was working Christmas, Easter, it's no, there was no vacations for me, 
and there was no uh, free time here in the home. You know, when I was getting back home, I was sitting also in the computer and studying and studying and studying, which which was cool, you know. But nowadays, you know, I'm I'm getting also a little bit older, and it's not very easy for me, you know, being like 10 hours in the studio and getting back and sitting again in the computer studying. You know, it's not the best thing. So I prefer, you know, trying to spend some time with my family. You know, or or getting some vacations from time to time. I'm lucky enough, as you know, Greece have a lot of islands. I have two houses in the in islands here in Greece, so I have the ability to move from one place to another. Like tomorrow, we're leaving for the Orthodox Easter, and we're leaving for vacations with my family for uh, five days, which is cool, you know. Back like two years or three years before, that would be uh, almost impossible for me to do that, you know, live for five days with my family. But now, you know, as I'm getting older and I think I'm getting a little bit wiser for uh, how much you should work and how much you should stay with your family. And at the end of the day, what matters most, you know, because, you know, to be honest, Mark, after five or 10 years or 15 years, you know, I'm not pretty sure who will remember Tony or Yeti, but I want to be sure that my daughter will remember me, you know, this is what matters most for me, because if my daughter will not, you know, remember me, you know, I mean, recognize me as a, as a father, as an icon, you know, it, do, it doesn't matter, you know, who cares if they will remember Tony or Yeti, you know, this is the tough situation, I want to be realistic, you know, I love being with Yeti, I love to have great works, people recognizing our work, but after 10 years or 15 years, this is a circle. New people will come, newer studios will come, you know, talented guys. I see some talented guys 20 years or 25 years old back and I say, wow, you know, this is this is crazy. So I can't I can't stress myself to catch that progress, you know, uh, to catch up with that progress. So, you know, I'm trying to find the balance and say, you know, cool. You have the studio, studio is cool, the people you're working with cool. Try to divide your time in a way that at the end of the day you're satisfied, you know, with you, you know, it's like I was workaholic a lot, you know, I was stressing a lot, you know, that was not so cool with me. So let's say I, I turned my philosophy in a way that makes me more happy right now. And uh, I give more quality to my personal life, to my uh, family life. You know, I'm, I'm playing guitar also, so I'm trying to spend like at least one hour during the day especially at midnight to play just for an hour you know it's it's my it's my medicine you know and also spend some quality time so i'm trying to focus on what matters most for me especially for for the next years of course yet it matters of but sometimes you know you have to bring the balance you know i want to bring my life in a point that when I will get out of the industry, I don't know, I will be proud both for Yeti and for me on how I handle the balance in my personal life. Well, on that note, let's talk about some advice. I know you love to inspire young people and uh, definitely are on the educational path of, of giving people tools. So uh, I think uh, a lot of young people who are maybe just starting out in the business and or have been in the business a while would love to hear some advice from you. After having this amount of time in the business, your wisdom can allow people to avoid a lot of unnecessary pain. So what would you tell both someone coming into the business who's looking to get started in, let's say, the motion design business and or people that have been in the design business a long time and still haven't mm. found that balance, haven't struck that balance in their lives and are looking for ways to improve their quality of life? 
that's a tough question because I used to be uh, a, a teacher uh, in schools like MoGraph Mentor and stuff like that online and I, I have met hundreds of students the last years and it, it's always the toughest question, you know, because each one of us has different perspective about life, okay? So I will try to answer giving my own perspective and what I see from the young motion designers or people that are getting out, uh, outside there. And to be honest, Mark, what I see is a lot of stress in order to get the exposure that they want to get. They are being anxious about likes, followers, a lot of stress about, you know, getting their own position and leave their own mark in the motion design industry. And I see that a lot of people, they're spending too much time on that one rather than spending time on how they really want to set up their life, okay? I know a lot of them, they're working like two or three projects at the same time. And, you know, at the same time, they're posting, they're trying to gain some exposure. And I feel that they are trying to win in a race, in a race with no competitor before them or after them. It's like they're, they're running themselves. And I used to do that, to be honest, you know? So this is why I'm telling that's from my own experience, like in the race of getting a well-known artist or a well-known studio and trying to get some followers and likes. And then you are focusing on that one and you're working years and years and years. And there is a moment that you're, you stop and you're looking around and you see that you haven't spent enough time for your personal life. I mean, some people, they don't have even, you know, family or kids, you know, I was lucky enough to do that for my 25 or 26 years old. I was very young, but some people just because they are focusing and they are working a lot, they see, you know, okay, I took some great works. I took some budgets. You no, know, they know my work. They know my stuff, but who cares to be honest? It's cool. It's awesome. You can do that. I encourage them to do that, but in a way that they don't sacrifice their happiness, okay, their inner self. It's like a sacrifice to the devil of the motion design, you know? So work, try to gain some exposure, try to be a great studio or a great artist, but do that in a way that you don't sacrifice your everyday life. You don't sacrifice your goals as a social being, okay? Because we're facing ourselves more like artists all the time. It's like we're something like different, but humans are social beings. And if you don't treat yourself like a social being, I'm pretty sure at your 50s or your 40s, I don't know, you will face a lot of problems that you won't be able to recognize from where these problems are coming from, okay? And, you know, you can be happy as an artist, but you can be unhappy as a person. These are two different aspects that you have to handle. So, concluding that, study, try to be the best version of yourself, but try not to sacrifice the natural aspect of yourself as a person, you know? It's not all about being a great artist, you know? It's all about being a great person, a version of yourself about your friends, your family, co-workers, your colleagues, everyone else, you know? Something else that I would believe, you know, I prefer to live motion design and people remember Tony as a cool guy working with and having fun with, with him when they're working for, rather than the highly talented Tony, that he was highly talented, but no, as a person, I'm not, not so great, you know. So I prefer that, to, to be honest. Tony's a cool guy, we love him, he's a great guy, we're having so much fun working with him, and I don't care about the capital uh, letters of the world talent. Doesn't mean so much for me at that stage of my life. So guys, work hard, do the best you can do, but do not sacrifice that 
part of your life because you're gonna face that sooner or later. Yeah, they're not gonna be looking at your portfolio after you're gone. That's a here and now thing. They're all yes. they're only gonna remember the person, not the work, for sure. Exactly, exactly. That's for sure, you know. We have the sense of eternity. I don't know what we think, like, we're going to live forever through our works. Nah, it's not going to happen. We're not Picasso, you know? We're, <laughs> we're not Dali, we're not, I don't know, who would we think we are? We're just some people that are doing their work for clients. You know, it's commercial work at the end of the day. Even the, the project that we're doing, the personal project, it's just for fun, you know? And sometimes they are also to get some clients, you know, to attract some clients. So th we're not doing uh, eternal art here, you know? We're doing our work like it's, it's uh, every other people. So sometimes we're taking ourselves too seriously, I think. I don't know. I don't know why. So it's just a work, you know, in 10 years, more studio, new studios will come, new artists will come, and you will be lost in the eternity of the archive of motion design. No, it's more about they're going to remember how you treated people. Exactly. I don't know if it sounds very philosophical or no, but I think this is the point in your life, you know, being a good person, you know, with all the people around you, not only your family, but your colleagues, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, my last question, Tony. You can't do motion design anymore. All that's taken away from you, and uh, you have to find something else completely different to do. What does that look like for you? Tough question. For my teenage years, I was playing guitar, you know, and I'm still playing guitar, as I said, you know? But I will tell you something different. I like to write, you know? And uh, if you would tell me what other thing you could do, even I haven't done something that in my life, I would tell you to be a writer. You know, writing books or writing, not novels and things like that, you know, writing uh, books because I, I read a lot, you know, I love reading a lot. You know. So I would love to do something that it has to do with writing, you know. I don't know what exactly. To be honest, I haven't think that before, okay? Which is a cool question that will keep up for the rest of the day. <laughs> Tony, really appreciate you coming on the show today. It was great chatting with you and uh, wishing Thanks you all lot, the Mark. best. Thanks always. a lot, Mark. Thanks a lot. It was a great honor and I have a, had a fantastic time you know, talking with you, Mark. That was absolutely great. Thanks a lot. If you enjoyed the Pure Now show, you can check out more episodes at balancestudio.tv or anywhere fine podcasts are broadcast. Pure Now is produced and engineered by Hai Ha Dang and directed by Dong Wun Guan. Thanks so much for watching.